It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, already had a number of calls and texts in, so I have a feeling it's going to be a very, very busy programme this morning. But just to let people know in the Bandon area, because we had some calls in, particularly people in the Deer Park area of Bandon who woke up without water this morning. Well, I'm saying we woke to a wet morning to turn on your tap and discover there's no water. It's just dreadful. Anyway, we've contacted Irish Water on behalf of the good people in Deer Park in Bandon and they tell us there is a burst water main and repairs are on ongoing and they you should they should they're expecting to have full supplies back but not until about five o'clock uh, today so you're going to have to bear with them on that we've been talking all week about masses and what individual parishes and what individual priests are doing and it's been lovely to to be able to call out and name some of the priests who are really going above and beyond uh, this year to make sure that their parishioners have uh, a mass and, and we've been only too happy uh, to do that and I've had a lovely text in from Phil this morning to say having listened to you mention masses in various areas over Christmas we would really appreciate if you mentioned the following arrangements for masses in the Boherbui Kiskame Parish his father Jim is a Keneally or Kennelly he's the parish priest there anyway Father Jim has decided that he's going to celebrate Mass in both churches on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The times are in Kiskame at 7pm and Boherbui at 8pm. And to abide by the COVID-19 restrictions, what they've decided to do is each side of the parish has been divided into five areas with each group having its own night. Mass each evening will be that area's Christmas Mass and it's essential that people only attend the ceremony on the day that's allocated to their area. This, they say, will give everyone who wishes an opportunity to attend church at this special time of year. And details of the arrangements are on display at the church entrances on the local notices in the Corkman. They're also on the weekly newsletter which can be viewed on the Boherbui page in the Diocese of Kerry uh, website. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Thanking you. That's from Phil O'Sullivan. Thank you, Phil, for all of that detail and that's a really smart idea on behalf of Father Jim uh, Keneally just breaking up all the different areas making sure that everyone who wants to attend Mass at Christmas will get to attend. Uh, Well done and happy Christmas to uh, Father Jim as well. And I can see some texts coming in for Sean Donnan. We have a very special hour the last hour of the programme between 12 and 1 today is a a very special tribute to our own Sean Donnan.
Donnan, uh, who is retiring and we're taking the opportunity. We can't let the opportunity go without having Sean in studio for a little bit of a chat. And it's also giving the opportunity to local musicians and singers uh, to chat with us about the impact Sean has had on their careers. And we also have a number of wonderful messages in from well-known artists as well who just have taken time out and just want to acknowledge Sean. And I can already see some texts coming in for uh, Sean. Uh, So thank you for those. And I will do my very, very best to get to all of them because I have a funny feeling that it's going to be a very busy hour today between 12 and 1. And I mentioned that one of the items we're going to be doing in a couple of minutes on the programme is an envelope with money in it that was found in Dunmanway. We'll be giving you more details of that in a couple of minutes. But that's prompted a listener to say, my daughter found a wallet at outside Halliford's in Mahon Point in Tralee yesterday. Now she handed it into the assistant in uh, Halliford's. The person lost it, might not know though that it was handed in and there was a sizable amount of mon- money in it. So well done, you've raised a very honest daughter and I think anyone who finds money at this time of year when things can be very tight, I think it's just fantastic when you hear about somebody handing over the money, realising this is somebody else's. Let's see if we can get it back to the owner. So if you heard of anybody in Tralee yesterday who lost a wallet, a wallet Halliford's in Mahan Point, please send them there. And a gorgeous email that really made me smile this morning. Thank you, Eileen for this uh, who says uh, Morning Patricia my name is Eileen and I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to mention my lovely experience with Mona's Antique Jewellery Shop on Oliver Plunkett Street in Cork City Yesterday morning I humbly went to pick up some jewellery that I was having being been altered for me Now I had a voucher to the value of €300 Euro. Problem was the voucher was dated November of 2010 a 10-year-old voucher. I had no expectations from Mona but was hoping that she might honour even part of the value 10 years later. There was no discussion. She absolutely had no problem at all accepting the voucher. I was genuinely blown away by her kindness and her attention uh, regardless of the voucher and uh, the date on the voucher and after telling us all about the toughest year she's had in business, she still had a smile on her face. By the way, fabulous choice of jewellery from the affordable range now that wouldn't have been there 10 years ago. Please give Mona a mention. She's a lady, a character and great fun. I definitely will be returning and I would love to see people support this small family run business. Thanking you for your time and that's Eileen. Isn't that a terrific story? So well done and a big round of applause to Mona's antique jewellery shop on Oliver Plunkett uh, Street. I mean she didn't in any way have to honour even a part, one euro of that 300 euro. The fact that it was out of date ten, it's a 10 year old voucher none of it would have been sold in an era where we didn't even have the same rules and regulations about vouchers uh, today but you think that she didn't even question it so well done and again another example of a small independent in this case a small family run business and the reason and the need why we need, why we should su- support businesses like that because I'm telling you Eileen if that had been a voucher from a large multi uh, or an international company you wouldn't have had a hope in the hell of getting any money out of it and understandably the company could say 10 years out of date would you go away and sling your hook so well done to Mona's Antique Jewellery Shop in uh, Cork City and thank you to Eileen for taking time to email Patricia at C103 dot i e star
staff at Sam's Gala Store in Dunmanway are appealing to the general public to help them identify the owner of an envelope and money which was discovered in the store this week. Joining me with further details, the owner of Sam's Gala Store in Dunmanway, that's Colm O'Sullivan. Good morning to you, Colm. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm happy very you. well, and many happy returns. And let's see if we can make it a very happy Christmas for somebody by Absolutely, trying to return yes. this envelope. Okay, take me back. When was it found? Where was it found? And who found it? It was found by a member of staff, Clodagh Crowley, and it was found on Wednesday evening, right? Yeah. And if I'm completely honest, it was found within bags of crisps close to the till. But the particular bags of crisps where they were found wouldn't be the greatest sellers. So it's because of that that we can't actually isolate a day or a time that it was probably dropped in there, if you, if you understand what I mean. If it was a regular tail cheese and onion, you'd know it had been dropped within the last hour. You, you, and you have see, you've gone back to CCTV? I have, because you see, that's the problem. That's my point, is the particular crisp within which the envelope was found are not brilliant sellers, right? Yeah. So it could have lain there for days. Could be last weekend. Uh, it could very well be. Yeah, that's that's the difficulty we have. Like, unfortunately, if they were found amongst better seller products, you, you could identify that it did. It had only been there for a couple of hours. And it's a, a white envelope, is it? It's a white envelope. Yes, it's a white envelope that had been folded up. It's, it's obviously a very multi-purpose envelope because the shopping list was also on it. The money was within it. And it was all then folded up neatly and wrapped with an elastic band. Oh, bless. OK, and the shopping list is the very obviously, this isn't a weekly shopping list. This is somebody's oh. Christmas present list, isn't it? it? It is, yeah. And to be fair, it has been on Facebook, right? There's lots of people have theories. Actually, some of them are very, very smart, quite smart, which is why it, it led us to, to the point that we believe whoever owns it is possibly not a Facebook user. But there are three different colour buyers on it. So it looks like it's a list that was made over a couple of days. <laughs> oh, the um, story's getting worse. And then the money's in it. The, <laughs> the, only, the only thing, Patricia, is there's one item which I, 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 which I didn't identify, right? Yeah. In hindsight, I think that was possibly a mistake on my part. I should have identified that one because <clears throat> I believe it is so unique. I'd say there aren't three people in Ireland would possibly even consider requesting that for Christmas. This is the last item that you... <laughs> and, and, and explain <laughs> why item. Explain why you hid the last item. I, I explained it because, because uh, yeah, I've got a few messages from people guessing that it's possibly a PS4, right? <laughs> because that seems to be so sought after. But this particular item, you, you just you just couldn't make it up. Either somebody desperately wants it for Christmas or is going to be deeply embarrassed when they receive it. <laughs> but it's... Um, yeah, I, it now you've got me, now you've got me trying to... <laughs> I'm thinking all kinds of things that I shouldn't be thinking of. No, 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 no. no it's not... In, no, no, okay, not all right, no, okay. No, no, no. no it's not... And it, nothing it, illegal? It, oh, God, no. No, absolutely, no. Absolutely not. Is no. it on sale in Dunmanway? The particular, I'd say you could get one. Could oh, no, yes, another way of isolating it. Yes, you, I'd say you could, yeah. you could. It's just not something I would ever imagine anyone would ever request for Christmas. Okay. It's just a bit bizarre. I should possibly have identified that first because if somebody had requested, they'd say, well, my brother, my husband, somebody looked for that particular item, do you know? But you're still not going to reveal. I don't want to. I'd say maybe no. if, if we don't get any further today, we possibly will. And then, see, uh, even asking people to identify the exact amount, it's, it's a substantial amount of money that's in the envelope. And I'm not sure would 
the person even be able to identify you down to the last 10 euro. They'll probably come yeah, close. Yeah, you see, you know. I, I, I was thinking that as well. I was thinking if this is somebody's savings for Christmas, uh, they may have, and, and the fact that the note is written in all different biros, so it was written, written over a number of maybe days, even even weeks. There could have been money constantly added to this bundle of oh, that's the Christmas money. Put the Christmas money away. Sorry, yeah. actually, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. Actually. Yeah, you're that right you you me. may yeah, yeah, yeah. the person may not know. Certainly down down to the last euro. But just to let people know who haven't seen it, some of the things you know, like the David Attenborough book, the book about uh, John Delaney, the, but the grave and the door wreaths have been crossed off. So the person obviously went to a florist shop, perhaps, supermarket? Correct, yeah. And we've spoken with the hardware shops and the local shops and that to see. But then again, you've no idea when. When they were purchased, I'd love to be able to identify it to a day. But it, like the time investment in, in going through CCTV <coughs> to try and find that was huge. It's a route we're going to have to go if we don't get a resolution within the next day. But I take your point, Jed. You'd imagine some of the stuff people would know with it and could identify it had been bought. The 50 euro one for all voucher. Have Have you a post office in... Uh, listen, yeah, no, no, I should rang you first. <laughs> um, no, that was, that was another suggestion somebody gave us again through Facebook that obviously because there's a post office in store and uh, the postmistress, so she hates the term postmistress because she's not even 40. Okay. Uh, Zoe, um, Zoe, to be fair, she's been extremely accommodating and she has gone back through the last, I think, four or five days and um, nothing, nothing like that has come up for her um, that she, she would know while the other people were. Uh, no, no, that the, was a good idea. And the three hundred and fifty watt bulbs, you'd you, you'd sell those. Uh, I would sell those. Is correct. Um, and unfortunately, um, I'm fairly upset that they didn't buy those three one hundred and fifty or watt bulbs off me because I didn't have the sale. In the last week of three one hundred and fifty, oh, yeah. and you see they're they're crossed they're crossed off as well. They're so they she might yeah. he or she might have already bought those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. it's lovely, neat handwriting as well. Very clear yeah. handwriting. <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody did describe it as a somebody somebody else suggested it was possibly a doctor because it looked like their doctor's prescription writing. They couldn't understand it. <laughs> I thought it was very clear writing, <laughs> and I loved yeah. the and I have a difficulty <laughs> saying this word the Huawei. Oh, listen, uh, I love Huawei the way that, earbuds. Yeah, the phonetic spelling of yeah. that is just phenomenal because, to be fair, Patricia, until about a year ago, there was nobody in Ireland who pronounced yeah. that word. Right? Huawei. Yeah. And they've literally written it down. Huawei. It's, it's great. phonetic. It's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. So we're thinking an older person. That's, I think, where our thinking is at the moment. Like, to be fair, uh, actually, one of my own sisters made the point to me. They said, look, call them anybody under 40 years of age. They do a list on their phone now. They yeah, don't carry the paper. That is true. And and the, yeah. per- and the person's looking for a mat for outside the front door. <laughs> Even the detail yeah. on that, a it mat for outside the front door. It wouldn't be on my priority. <laughs> I know. If you, if you need a mat for outside the front door, it would be, see? Well, see, what's essential to one person isn't necessarily essential to somebody else. Absolutely. The powers that be in the government would want to take that on board. And come here, who's Clodagh Crowley who handed it in? Um, she's one of our one of our employees. Uh, to be fair to her, she's very good. And she she was more shocked than anything else. And she was actually she was actually surprised that there was so much money in it because it was so neatly folded. And that Clodagh Clodagh is one of our part time workers. She goes to school in Dunmanway, and um, she was going through the crisps and and uh, rotating them, and she was she found it. God, she so, was um, lucky she didn't just pick it up and throw it away, thinking somebody just dumped it there. <coughs> You've no idea how close she came to doing that. Wow, wow. 
Okay, and my other thought pattern is that if somebody was in during the week, had done the bit of Christmas shopping and then was going to do more at the weekend, they may not realise it until today or tomorrow when they go looking for the envelope that they've misplaced it. I'd say you were a guard in a previous well, life, you? <laughs> I'd make a great Miss Marpa, wouldn't I? Oh, and, just, <laughs> and his phone line just went. All right, OK. All right. Listen, we will stay in contact uh, with uh, Colin, uh, Colin O'Sullivan, the owner of uh, Sam's Gala store in Domami. But I just wanted to have a, a quick few words with him just to try to get it out there. Can you ask people? Because uh, it's, be, it, there, I mean, there's a lot of information went up on social media and a lot of people shared it on social media but it could just possibly be that the person who's lost this is not on social media so we need people to get talking in Dunmanway ask older people if they were out shopping if you hear of anything that they've lost this envelope it's a folded over envelope a substantial amount of money we want to get it back to the owner and we certainly want to get it back before Christmas 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court Today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota Hybrids, the place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCrewmotors.com. And on the envelope with the substantial sum of money found at the Sam's Gala store in Dunmanway, a listener is saying, could that have been a year's saving for Christmas presents? It could, because if you look at the envelope, the envelope is has been well used and well worn in that it's been opened, I imagine, a number of times. Money could have been put in, money could have been taken out and then carefully the elastic band wrapped around the middle uh, to keep it all safe. So yeah, absolutely, you could be right. And Mary is, is another one playing Agatha Christie this morning. Mary says, with regards to that envelope found, if there is a mat for the front door on the shopping list, it must be a woman. A man would never think of buying a mat at Christmas time. Hope the owner is found, says Mary. I have it in my head it's a woman as well. I don't know why, but I, I have it in my head that it, uh, it's a, a woman's Christmas shopping uh, list. 1850 we'll, we'll certainly check back in with Colm and the gang at Sam's Gala store in Dumanway on Monday just to see if there's any update over the weekend. And it would be terrific to be announcing that we have found the uh, owner of the envelope the money safely returned and that she gets the help that she needs to buy the rest of her Christmas uh, present list. Now, a fully serviced IDA site in North Cork which has remained unoccupied for many years, should be put up for sale. That's according to local Fine Gael councillor Noel McCarthy who joins me with, uh, to discuss in more detail this site. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, listeners. Now, Noel, this is the old army barracks in Formoy. Just outline how it ended up under the control of the IDA. That's right, Patricia. The army left for my in 1998. The IDA purchased the site uh, around between 1998 and 2002, but fully opened the site in 2002. And as I said at the meeting, it beggars belief that in the 18 years since, nothing has come there. It's a fully serviced site with a, 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 a tarmac atom up for about 400 yards into the site. Public lighting, water, all services are there. No, I don't want to be saying that bashing the idea completely because they have brought jobs to Fomoy in the past and we welcome that. But in this case, in this site, nothing has happened. There's been so, I, so, so are you yeah. saying in the 18 years since the IDA took over and that not one business has operated out of that site? None whatsoever, Patricia. And people, like, I'm not the first public representative that made a representation on this or seek clarification. It's going on now, as I say, for the 18 years. We heard the rumours. We heard that someone is looking at it. I've no doubt the idea have brought people there. But nothing has happened. There is no one there. There is no good news coming out of this. And it's a fantastic site. 
Patricia. This is on the north side of Fomoy, a half a mile from the motorway. It's the, the location couldn't be any better. Two and a half hours from Dublin, uh, 30 minutes to Cork, 40 minutes to the airport. Everything is going for it. And we have, we, we've brought the idea to meetings and colleagues of mine have done, both past and present, have done it as well. And we're not getting any good news from it. And do you and know, and is there any evidence that the IDA has been pushing the site to industries? Because there have been industries in that 18 years who would have looked at Cork and who would have set up in Cork, let's be honest, over the 18 years. Yes, there is. I, I must admit they have brought people. They have come to meetings to us, both in the Fomoy and the Fomoy Town Council when they were there, and to also to the uh, to us in the Melissabin and Cork County Council, and have told us they have brought people to the site, showed it to them, nothing materialised. But what we're saying is, we understand that maybe for a certain number of years that you have to try to do your best to get rid of it, but we seem to think that they're pushing other towns like Fomoy are being left behind with the idea, and they're pushing major cities, maybe places like Ringeskiddy. Carry tool and so on, and for my and towns like it have been forgotten, and that's what we're saying. This is a site that the location, as I said already, is a, a fantastic location, and we can't understand why nothing hasn't happened. Well, certainly and in the last eighteen years, because there, there has been a number of businesses have set up in 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 that time. It would this site would look like a no brainer for industry. You know, particularly the way you outlined how central it is to so many other places. Yes, and you no, know, it is zoned for business and technology, so they're going down that line. What we've asked over the years maybe to consider changing the zoning to something else, to industry and so on, or consider their options, maybe half the site. It's a 20-acre site. As you know, we're always looking, we're looking for, 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 a good, for a hotel. We had a hotel that was unfortunately closed. Hopefully that will open again, but we need another one, and we need people to come to the town. We have fantastic things in Formoy to offer. More Park is only, again, half mile down the road from it. And I know when people visit Moor Park, they obviously a Accommodation is the biggest problem, so they have to stay in the city and other places like that rather than have the opportunity of staying in Fomoy. It would be a fantastic site for for a decent hotel. Oh, without a doubt. It really would. And like I, I even think the planners in Cork County Council have said that at more than a couple of meetings that it is an ideal site if it could be looked at. Now what we're saying is, and my colleagues fully supported me on Tuesday at our meeting, Patricia was, look, there must be a plan B here, and the other plan B I think would be put it on the private market, see if there are a developer out there that is interested in this site because of all of the, the location and so on, the plus is going for it, and maybe that they could come to the idea, the idea would sell it to them, and we would get something. Badly needed jobs of mine, a hotel or so on, that we, we were crying out for for mine. And people pass that site for the last 18 years, and when they see us, the public represent what's happening there, and that's going on on a constant basis, and you can understand why. And you believe the time is now right to put it up for sale on the open market? I definitely think they must try, Patricia. I definitely think there must be a plan B here, as I say. And my colleagues feel the same way, that we need to do something more than what's happening now. We, we also, we, in my motion, we said we write to the idea for the clarification what's the update on the situation. And the B part of that was, would they consider selling it on the private market? So we're hoping for a, a, some positive response back for our January meeting. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on this. And did I see some good news for the Weir, the, the, a con, a, the contractor to be appointed at the end of next year? Yes, that's the, everything. Well, the public submissions are in, they're going through them at the moment, so hopefully we'll have good news. Hopefully the funding will be secure for uh, Patricia because everybody in Formoy and surrounding areas wants the Weir repaired and I think it's the most important thing to people in Formoy at the moment. Okay, and how is how is Fomoy getting on with? We, we're trying to push like mad the shop local. Are people staying locally? Is there a buzz about the town? 
there is definitely when the Christmas lights went up, we had a great buzz. People are really, really shopping and supporting local. I think that's very important. And I, I feel a really good atmosphere and a good feel out there that people want to support local and keep the jobs in town. And never, no more than ever, what we've gone through in 2020, there's a really good feel good factor out there to support your own. And I think that's very important. Okay, there's a question in from Mick in uh, from Moy. He wants to know how are the travelling community allowed to graze the land with ponies within the IDA site? Why has that been allowed to happen? Yeah, I, I, I must agree with Mick. I know over the years that people have the Cork County Council have been with, on their sites, have done everything they can to remove it. But with the IDA, I can't answer that. It's up to them to to know how they are going to go about that but it should not be allowed to happen again. Okay and somebody else says Quinn Direct looked at the IDA site before making the decision to move to Little Island. Does anybody know what happened with Quinn Direct and why the site wasn't suitable for them? Did you? Were you aware of that? I was. That was going back a number of years ago again I said maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago when Quinn Direct left for my before they left my I did. No, what I heard that time Patricia whether it was true or not it wasn't big enough so oh. the 20 acres I wasn't big enough for them because obviously they have a big site in Little Island and they were um, car parking and everything so that was the the reason that time all right but that certainly the, the but the IDA for. must have taken them in to, to look at it and what's yeah. happening with the hotel says the listener that's due to be built on on a site further down is there planning for well, another hotel no no there, there was talks about that again yeah, yeah, I, I understand where that, that's being looked at at the moment and the developer there is in discussions with Cork County Council about that but nothing has materialised to the planning stage yet okay whatsoever. all right yeah. listen have a great Christmas Noel and to you, Patricia, and all your listeners, and to all your staff in C103, and thank you very much. Thanks a million for joining us. Good morning to you. That is uh, from Moy-based uh, Fine Gael County Councillor Noel McCarthy, 1850-333-103. Claire is frustrated with the postal service at the moment. Claire, by text, says, the post at the moment is a joke. A co- a Christmas card posted in Mallow was postmarked in Port Leash before then arriving in Mitchellstown and Post are fooling themselves when they say delays have nothing to do with the closing of the uh, postal centre the sorting centre in Cork Ireland being carbon neutral by 2030 seriously not with this going to carry on says Claire to 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids the place to order your 211 Toyota see McCroomMotors.com Now a house in Cork City has been named as one of the finalists in the search for Ireland's most Christmassy home and in order to win this coveted title people need to vote Robert Falvey from Blackpool joins me with all of the details Good morning to you Robert Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, before we let people uh, know how to vote, tell me a little bit about the competition. How, did you enter it yourself? How were you selected? How did it all work? Yeah, basically how it worked is, um, I suppose, about two weeks ago, um, Energy opened up the competition. Um, they opened it up for entries from everywhere, from everyone. You just send them in your, your entry. And from there, they... I suppose, assess or, or have a look and, and they have to whittle it down themselves down to the, the last six. So there's always just six finalists and then they push the six finalists for, uh, the, for the week. And have they been, have they run this for many years? Um, from memory, I think this is their fifth, possibly sixth year doing it, doing it, yeah. Did you enter before? Uh, I think I entered going back maybe four years ago. Okay, but this this is but you weren't successful, you didn't get oh, to no. The, no. No. And no. you I I I nowhere near the quantity of like what I have now then anyway. And you're the only Cork house. 
I'm the only Cork house selected, yeah. Do you know how many houses would have entered nationwide? No. But it, no, it would have no run into thousands probably, would it? Absolutely, yeah. They did, they did come out and say that they've never had as many applicants as they have this year. And I think that's because people have gone over the top this year because yeah. of the year that's in it. Of course, yeah. I think everyone just wants to make it that bit, you know, special. I mean, it's, it's, it's already that type, or that time of year. But um, considering everything that's left going on, everyone just wants a little bit of lightness. Yeah, and your house is certainly giving it to people this year. Now, describe your house and the type of Christmas displays that you have this year. Um, well, to describe it is probably... <laughs> Very difficult. It's, yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit difficult for me. I mean, I've, I've the whole house done. Like, most of my house is probably covered more specifically with lights. But then when you come into the garden, that's when I start making stuff. So I've made um, a snowman. I've two reindeer this year. I have the sleigh, so I made a full-size sleigh. I made it kind of big enough so that kids can go into it. We take pictures of them if we wanted to. And um, then I have the, the big Christmas tree in, in the front garden, which this year I had to replace the one that I had for the last number of years. Um, and when I was replacing it, I said, sure, look, might as well go a little bit higher with it this year. So I think it's about two metres higher than Whoa. what the last one was. Uh, I think it's it's somewhere in the region of five metres high. Wow, wow. How long have you been putting up a Christmas display in your garden? Um, realistically, about 13 years. And you um, just add to it every year? Yeah, like yeah. M- my daughter was born in September, uh, 13 years ago. And so we, we had just moved into our house and Christmas came, bought a little inflatable, put it outside the door, said, you know, she'll get a little kick out of that, put a set of rope lights around the front door and that was it. That was our lot. Uh, the inflatable lasted two weeks and then that died. So, <laughs> uh, as they do, um, once they get wet. Um, so, yeah, the, the following year we got a few icicle lights and the following year we got a few more and then we got a few more rope lights and it just kept going and going and going and going and I think I've probably topped out this year even though um, I've already um, a lot more lights for next year already. So It almost becomes a bit of a passion, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, like I, I started doing it. I only ever done it just for the kids. That that's my motivation is for them. Um, so I have four kids, and the the age range goes from thirteen for Sarah down to Olivia who's ten, down to Kellen who's seven, down to Amelia who's five. So at, I'm I'm at all stages of the Christmas, <laughs> every Christmas, yeah. you know. So you know the the younger ones they they all love it. You know, I mean, I even threatened last year or this sorry January. I'm, I'm all over the place with times and dates, but. January when I was taking down the stuff this year, uh, I said to Olivia, who's 10, I said, you know, no, I think when I'm putting these up next year or at Christmas, uh, you know, I'm only going to put up maybe half the lights, you know, because it takes so long and it was busy and, you know, so, and uh, I got murdered. I got absolutely murdered. You can forget that me. one, Dad. You can f- yeah. When do you start to put uh, to put it up? Uh, typically, I would start the October weekend. And practically work to a bit every day for up to then in Christmas, is it? Um, well, no, it's not quite every day. So I think uh, the October weekend was probably in around October 24th this year. So I would have had a Saturday, a Sunday and a Monday at it. And then I'm kind of in between Saturdays and Sundays um, working at it. Like I worked it, I worked it out a couple of, about two weeks ago. Probably takes me 
13, 14 full days. Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible the amount of work. And then the taking down of it. Taking down of it is always amazes me. Um, I used to be able to get the whole lot down, put away, packed away in a day. But mm, it's probably really about a day and a half, yeah. maybe two days max. Wow. And are you very careful in how you put items away so that they will be there for next year? Yeah, exactly. Like, it goes up in order and it comes down in order. Well done. Well so done. Well exactly done. as I put it up, I take it down and everything then gets stored up the back. I, I had to build uh, a shed <laughs> to try and manage <laughs> all of them. A Christmas so, shed? <laughs> yeah, the Christmas lights have their own shed and then I have, I have more up in an attic and, and oh, I've... Yeah, it's like absolutely everywhere. Uh, the big it. burning question, and by the way, listeners, I was going to ask it. I can see questions coming in already. What's the electricity bill like? Do you know? No, it's not too bad, and that's being perfectly honest with you. If I go back maybe four years ago when I had less light, it was astronomical because they were all rope lights. But over the last couple of years, just by pure necessity, because the 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 rope lights, they all have a lifespan and they'll all die, they'll burn out they're, they're no more good to you, so everything that I've been putting up really, I'd say for about the last four years, they're all LEDs and they're all low wattage LEDs so whilst there is always a spike then it, it's not massive It isn't massive, it's oh well that's massive. good to hear that certainly you know, is, is, um, is good to hear like if, you, if you go back four years ago, I think we probably would have been looking at um in addition, outside of your own house power, it probably would have cost something around three fifty to four hundred. Wow, wow! I think people would be surprised by it. But you are right; the LEDs they don't cost uh, as no. much. Now, I went on yesterday onto uh, the website and and I voted for you. By the way, it's very easy, oh, very easy to do, to, to do the voting. the The video clip of your house done from a drone. Did you do that, or did Energia do that? No, Energia. So Energia uh, contracted a company basically, who went around and done all the photography, videography and uh, sent up the drone um, to do all of that. Uh, so it was energy as guy, I suppose, really, as we would put it, came down to us, um, which he came down last Wednesday a week ago. Um, and it was torrential rain <laughs> all day Wednesday, complete lashing out of the heavens. And I got a phone call from herself. She was due to come around half five. So I got a phone call from herself. And she said, uh, listen, you know, I got the phone call around four o'clock. She said, you might want to come home. I said, mm, right, okay. Has he turned up early or what's, what's going on? She said, no, um, the rain's after knocking out over half the light. Oh. I said, right, okay. So Murphy's I'm only, Law. Yeah, I'm, I'm only working in town. I'm only working in Kerry too. So I shot straight home. Uh, right, okay, it was still torrential, so trying to get at electrics in the rain to try and figure out what the problem is was a complete another nightmare. I spent, from the time I got home, I eventually got all the lights working um, about half eight, and he turned up, I'd say, within five minutes of me getting everything back. Ah, ah, listen, listen, you, you deserve to win this. <laughs> On that story alone, you deserve you deserve to win. You, you you really do. And the great part of this is, outside of winning, it's it's a wonderful title to say that you're living in Ireland's most Christmassy home. There's a charity element to this, Robert. Yes, absolutely. Which is the most important element from from, from our side of it, you know, because like we always do the hope. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> but an opportunity to actually win for a fantastic charity is is 
you know, that's huge, you know, and, and this year they've doubled all the prizes, so it, it's a possibility of winning anything up to 6,000, second place is 4,000, and third place is 2,000. Um, so, like, even 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 if you came in third, you're still going to get 2,000 towards your, your chosen charity. And your chosen charity is? Oh, my chosen charity is the Levana Centre. The wonderful so, Levana Centre. Yeah. There, and do you, you know the way some of the Christmas houses have a collection box, do you do that? No, 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 no. I, I, I never, I never done it. Yeah. Um, just you know, look, there's there's their own set of complications with having a donation box. Oh, um, listen, uh, listen. I, I, I think people, get, people living out in very rural areas, I think, have it much easier when they start to do the donations. But yes. it can be very hard when you're in a built-up area. Uh, exactly. And and I'm not saying that you know what, what could go wrong, but it's just it's there are a lot of complications with it. I, I agree with you on that. But here's a great way that you can raise money for charity out of uh, your Christmas display. Do you know how you're doing in the competition? I don't. To oh. be honest. They don't tell us anything about the votes. We know absolutely nothing. We're in the dark, so I don't know. Are we are we middle of the table? Are we bottom of the table? Are we top of the table? We've absolutely no way of knowing. So I'm just trying to push as much as I possibly can. And it's a text vote. It's a, it's a text it vote. You, yep. you text to 51155. Yep. And you text house 4, because that's yep. what Roberts is. It's house 4. But if people want to see it, go on to the Energia, energia.ie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, dot com. Dot I e. forward, forward slash uh, I M C H slash vote. Yeah, yeah, and do and I, I would suggest doing it just if nothing else, but just to see Robert's house because it's stunning. It really, it really is is uh, gorgeous. Okay, when will you know where where you are in the competition? So the voting closes at twelve o'clock on Sunday night, and they are announcing on Monday morning. So okay. we're not we're not sure what time that's going to happen. Um, so hopefully it'll happen after the kids drop and and we're 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 just sitting in the kitchen just looking at the phone going right okay <laughs> <laughs> they still haven't put it up. <laughs> okay, and Martha wants to know where in Blackpool is Robert's house. Okay, so it's done by the Commons Bar. So if you were coming from Mallow side and you pass the Commons Bar on your left and just a couple of houses up on the left, and I... if, if you were coming then from town out. You would pass McDonald's, yeah. heading for the Commons Bar, and I'm just there on the right. And you can't miss it. No, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll see the tree. If, if, you, if you saw nothing else, you would definitely see the tree. And how long do you leave the display up for after Christmas? Uh, we keep it going right up until um, the 6th. Oh, the do 6th, you? Of okay. yeah, All right. Women's Little Christmas. Okay. Well, it's and, gorgeous. And, and at, that, at that time, then, we'll, we'll turn off the lights, but it might take me a week or two to, to get take them take down. Them Listen, down. we wish you the, the best of luck. We'll check in with you on Monday to see how you go in the competition. But we no are problem. encouraging people. 51155, that's the text number. And it's House 4 is oh, what four. you need to text. Good luck with it, Robert. And thanks Brilliant. a million for joining us. Thanks a million for Good morning to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Robert Falvey, uh, who hopefully will be living in Ireland's most Christmassy home for 2020. 1850 Our lines are open. John Paul uh, taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Kate says uh, Patricia on the just went to vote for the house the most Christmassy house in Ireland Robert Falvey in the house in Blackpool is it number four is that what you said yes you text 51155 and then that's the number that you're sending it to and you type in house four and if you go on to energy.ie you can actually see the video clip of all of the houses but uh, but we're we're rooting for the Cork one and I still I looked at the others I, th- I think Roberts is the best as well I really do hope he wins because love the idea of the money going going to the Levana uh, Centre as well. So yes, House 4 is Roberts out of the six houses as one from each part of the country but his is the only one in uh, Cork. And also just to say to people thank you um, last week on the programme Aidy Roach joined me from the Chernobyl Children's International and she was hugely disappointed because this is the first year in 20 years that none of the children from Belarus will be coming to Ireland for their for Christmas and it's huge sadness for the children hard to break for the children but for the families as well because many these families have been taking children year after year after year and children have been coming for many years they're almost part of the family at this stage so there'll be an empty chair at the table this Christmas for some of our Chernobyl families so my heart goes out to them but Aidy was explaining they're trying to bring a little bit of Christmas to Belarus and she was looking for they have all the items collected but it's the funds to go towards the cost of shipping it and can I just acknowledge a number of people have sent in money I've been receiving it steadily over the last week or so and thank you everything from I think 30 euro was one lady and then it went right the way up to it and actually today I just got a postal order for 100 euro from a listener in Drimmer League so just to acknowledge that all of that money and those cheques and post orders have arrived safely so thank you for that and on behalf of the children of Belarus a huge huge thank you now on, on post and things going wrong in the post and it's not and again when we're talking about delays it, with on post everyone accepts it's due to the volumes of post at the moment and nobody but nobody is criticising our postmen and women because they are working above and uh, beyond. Hi Trish, I sent out Christmas cards on the 14th of December and they still haven't arrived. Well today is the 18th, four days. You can forget next day delivery, that's absolutely gone and I think when they closed the centre in Cork it made it even more difficult for next day delivery 
locally because remember all of our post has to leave Cork up to Port Leash and then come back down again makes no sense to a lot of us here in Cork uh, for sure but don't worry about that your cards will arrive and please God they'll arrive in plenty of time for Christmas Hi Trish on posting I sent a card to McCroom from Cork City which was received a day or two later that's good yet a card was sent to me last Friday and a week later I still haven't received it that's from a Cork City listener the card by the way coming to the Cork City listener was coming from McCroom and that hasn't arrived uh, yet and Irene in Mitchestown says I posted Christmas cards last week not one of them has been received yet says Irene Alma says I posted back in October a present to my sister in Cork City it took six weeks to get her. I ended up having to make a complaint. Wow. Nicola on our Facebook page uh, sent parcels to Australia, to Switzerland, to the UK on the 1st of December. Still haven't. None of them have arrived yet. She rang on posts whereby the staff members. It was really lovely, very friendly. And I said they haven't got them uh, yet. And, uh, and Nicola said, I said to them, if they haven't got them by the end of January, I'm expecting on post to do something about refunding the postage because the postage was expensive and it is not cheap, particularly to send to Australia. And even to the UK I sent some packages to the UK this year I couldn't get over how expensive some of the packages were one of mine actually still hasn't arrived the other ones have but I'm still I'm still waiting on one to uh, arrive and Nina who is in Germany through our Facebook page says from Germany uh, she sent parcels from Germany they arrived in Ireland in two days she was obviously tracking them and she could see that they arrived at a depot in Dublin it then took five weeks to be delivered from Dublin to Cork. A parcel sent from the UK arrived in Dublin in less than 24 hours. It took three weeks to make the journey from Dublin to Cork. Parcel from Hungary arrived in Dublin within six days. It took three and a half weeks. It still, by the way, says Nina, hasn't been received yet. It seems to be only the uh, the postal service in Ireland that seems to have an issue. The rest of Europe seem to be managing the situation okay, says uh, Nina, who certainly is not a happy camper. And I can see there's a lot of requests coming in for Sean Donnellan. We'll be doing our special tribute to Sean Donnellan in the final hour of the programme and I promise you I'll try to do my best to get through as many of the requests that are coming in but just to acknowledge that they are coming in. Thank you for that. On local priests, our priest Father O'D here in Drumcolour has done so much all over lockdown. He's been doing it since last March and he's got four churches to look after. He's absolutely brilliant says uh, this texter. Happy Christmas and many happy returns. Let me go to Margaret, who is in Balancolic. Good morning to you, Margaret. Hi, Trish. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. Uh, thank you. You're listening to the news and it's looking like Christmas and New Year festivities are going to be curtailed. And well, I can tell you now, Trish, I just, I'm on a rent now at the moment. Okay. I feel so angry, frustrated, upset about the whole thing. Why? I mean, since last March, OK, for the first two or three months, I admit nobody knew we didn't know whether we were coming or going. But after that, we kind of got the drift of it and we knew wash your hands, safe distance, put on your mask and all that. And I think most people have adhered to it. OK, you get the few, but you can't control 100% of the population. You can only advise. Now, I think what we haven't, we haven't been, uh, the word conditioned or trained to take personal responsibility. We're dependent, like the government and they're interfering and they're like, we're kind of being minded partially minded so I would feel as a person if I had to take real personal responsibility I can tell you I'd sharpen up even more so because I'd be all I need to be told is yes the virus is still around it's still a danger to society um, and I do my best to mind myself and by minding myself I'm also minding others 
So I don't, and I, I don't see, I think, I, I can't understand it at all because if you spoke to a child and if you tell a child to think too often, it loses its power. And we're being told, I mean, I think most of the information at the moment is going over my head. Three in a house, two in a house, four in a house. I don't think, I don't think it's too much information. If you think basic and simple, it reaches the target. Yeah, you know, and you're right on that because... Sorry. I, I, you're right on that because I know even here like we do it nearly every day we're doing something on, on COVID and I don't know how many times I'll have to say to John Paul can you just double check that again Is that are you allowed six people there or are we going back to three how could you know yeah, yeah. it's yeah and sorry I just have to say before I forget my, this point we were guaranteed the 6th of January now and okay lockdown after okay mm. now where's where's their ward I mean if I treated my friends like that, I wouldn't have a friend. I mean, you can't... I feel I'm being tossed around like an idiot. <laughs> I feel like I could, I'm like half, half an imbecile. Because it's looking like, well, Neffert are now saying to the government they need to shut every, all the hospitality down on the 28th of December, which is the Monday after Christmas, which well, would mean... I thought they knew that. Sorry, Trish, I thought they knew that was going to happen. Whereas, well, like we're being told the wave, the second wave, the third wave... What am I supposed to do about the third wave and the fourth wave? All I can do is mind myself. And in minding myself, I'm minding others. I just don't understand it. I think it's crazy. So what are you saying? You would prefer the government leave everything open and then let everybody just look after themselves? And, I mean, the hospitality shops everywhere, they've all they've all safeguarded their premises. I'm sure ploughed a lot of money into the refurbishment of all that. And it doesn't seem to mean anything. I can't understand. So what are we going to be doing? Tapping in and out of shutdowns for the next who knows what? I know. And, I, I, I think it's... And have you, are you planning on going out on New Year's Eve? No, not no. New Year's. Well, I'm at an age, Trish. <laughs> that's, I like, I like social, I actually like socialising. Yeah. But at my age, though, it's kind of civilised socially. Yeah, socialising. but would you, would you, are you, would you like, would you be going out for a meal on Christmas Eve? Or New Year's Eve? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have any problem with it. And I think if where I'm going is, is, um, safe tables, safe distance and all yeah. that. I see no problem with it. I like I think there are two sections of society now. I think there's the people who are terrified, they're scared to even step outside. And then you get the people now, we got maybe a third section who say they're speculating us even there at all. Whereas I'm kind of in the middle. I accept that there's a virus there. But like you can't live your leave your life in total fear. I don't want it. I don't want to give it to anybody or my family or anybody. But I have to I have to live my life as best I can under the current conditions. But you feel you f- do you feel then it's 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 mixed messaging or the messaging is changing too much is the issue. Both, both mixed messaging and changing. We're being tossed around like a cork in the sea. I I can't stand it at all. I have to say, okay. and it's all doom and gloom. Then I don't need to know the numbers of COVID in the country. That's for them to work out. The medical people. I don't need that information. All I need to know is, yes, the virus is still there. It's still an issue. And then I'll I'll mind myself. I don't need 400, 300, 1500. That's only numbers. I don't know. That's the powers that be. They're being paid enough to look after that side of things. Okay, but just keep but it, just just it's personal. But you are right on the personal responsibility and and Mick Ryan, you know that Irish guy who's with the yeah. World Health Organization. Yeah, I, I loved his comment one day. Yeah. when he was asked about, you know, other people acting irresponsibly, he said, don't worry about what the neighbours are doing. 
You just yeah. you just look after your own patch and but keep. And then, then if the neighbours are playing up, just keep away from them. You just look after your own patch. Exactly. And I think if we all, and I mean, I I feel sorry for young people. I mean, they're being nearly criminalised. You can't make young people. You can't make put a is it an old head on young children? Yeah, young yeah. People are going to be young people. What's this, what's wrong? What's, why can't people understand that? And yeah. the other thing is, one last thing, Trish, I kind of feel, you know, if you lock up an animal or a child or anything, and then you open the door, what happens? <laughs> Crazy They chaos. bolt. They bolt. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think but I think that's where Neffert, I think that's what Neffert are worried about now, with the way the numbers are going. They're right, worried you know, that if worried we leave... Worried about our, our mental health, if, Trish, and upsetting people and going back on their word. I don't accept that worried at all. <laughs> that's... Uh, Worried? If they were worried, Trish, they'd be trying to appease people and keep a nice balance. Safety and let life go on as best they can. But they're tossing people around. That is not good. That can't be good for people. And I have huge sympathies for the people working in hospitality because they're only just back to work. And to be waking up to this this morning that they could be back out of work again. Many thousands, and I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of hospitality because I don't, I'm not working in hospitality, but I can only imagine the money that's been and uh, being spent, and then supplies are coming in, and then they're told, I mean, that's that's that's, that's, that's nearly criminal to be doing that to people. There must be some, like, there must be some, their word, they were told the 6th of January now. I can even understand that, and I was saying another lockdown, but you know, we will and bear it. But like, they, and they were told the numbers were going to go up. Okay, so we accepted that. Now it seems to be an awful shock that they're going up. Surprise, surprise. And they're being penalised now. No, 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 you can't do that now. You can't do that. No, 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 no. And we're all being criminalised. Like they're being criminalised. Um, um, I don't know. I, 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 think it's, I, think, I think it's been handled, I have to say, very badly. All right. And of course, you'll get the people then who'll say to me, oh, you don't care. Of course I care. If I didn't care, I wouldn't be on the phone today. Yeah, what yeah. And you're, and you're trying to look after yourself and your loved ones and that's all you can do. All right, yes. listen, Margaret, have a happy Christmas. Okay, many and happy returns. Stay well, safe. Never my drone for me. Stay. Okay. <laughs> stay God okay, bless. So, okay. Stay bye-bye. That is Margaret in Balancholic. John and Cove says, I agree with Margaret in Balancholic. Open up everything. Work on common sense. Let nature take its course, says John. Judy says, uh, I feel Margaret is mad. People are dying. We have to listen to the experts. Tom in for says, I agree with Margaret. If people had more common sense, uh, that's, uh, but we're lacking. People are lacking in common sense. If you've got people queuing outside a shop, what's the difference between five people in a pub and a group of people inside in a shop are a, a supermarket? And Bridie says, that woman is correct. We all just need to use our common uh, sense. Eddie is in uh, Mallow. Unfortunately, Margaret's off. You disagree, um, Eddie. You think Margaret's wrong? Good morning, Patricia. Well, she get a tape recorder and tape record what she just said and play it back to her. Is she absolutely with the birds? We've what? tried it three or down through the year, dear. We put the responsibility back into the people's hands. And the very minute it's put back into the people's hands, they lose the plot. Yeah, I can see a number. Yeah, I can see other people saying, particularly when Margaret was saying she doesn't want to know uh, the numbers. Somebody saying, "Is she for real? We do, we need to know the numbers. We need to know what's going on. We particularly need to know what's going on in in our hospitals." Are you Eddie in agreement with what Neffet are saying now that we can't allow um, a society to remain open until the sixth of January, and they're saying Patricia, close Patricia, it down twenty eighth? Patricia, ninety percent of the people know this was going to happen. 
including NEFIT and including the powers that be? Yes, the government had to release it just to pacify the pubs and the restaurants. I mean, Iran there, you and you mentioned yourself there, how Australia locked everything down. The countries that have locked everything, I know, I know our economy couldn't stand, but Australia, they have a bigger economy. But Estonia, I mean, there's people came in here to this country, I can't say too much now because they might recognise them, um, from a foreign country, and they weren't in the supermarket in all later. I know for a fact. And yeah, we we uh, yeah we we do have an issue about who we allow in and don't allow in. Just stay stay there. Margaret in Kilworth is on. It's a different Margaret on the other line. Um, uh, Margaret, you you don't understand why the other Margaret is blaming the government. No. Why? Because the virus is in control of this. We, uh, we the, Martin is only doing his best, or whoever they are. I'm not a bit political, but why why are you blaming him? He's they're doing their best, Nessus and and um, the politicians. They, they don't know where, what way the virus is going to be because they are depending on what the people will react to it. Do you not understand my I point? do, I do. And when the numbers go up, then you're with Neffet. If the numbers go up, we close it down. I don't know. I don't know why she... I mean, are they supposed to do the wrong thing even though they know the numbers are going up and down? I'm sorry for getting aggravated. No, no, you're OK. You're, you're OK. You know so, what? Yeah. Why don't we just go along with, and hope that they're doing the right thing for us? Margaret must remember says another listener the government are doing their best they're trying to do their best it's the virus that is making the tough uh, decisions okay yeah. alright okay listen oh, thank you and congratulations Sean O'Donnell he was our Sean O'Donnell and he was terrific while he was with us thanks a million we'll be talking to him later thank you for that and thanks for joining us that is uh, Margaret in uh, Kilworth and before that we had Eddie in uh, Mallow uh, with people saying Neffert are right and the government need to listen to Neffert Neffert are saying impose further restrictions on household visits and on hospitality sectors, uh, sector and never want to do it from December the 28th. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text to WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. CE placements are available in Blarney, Inniscara, Kilcolly, Whitechurch and the Grenna areas. While a HGV mechanic is wanted for country clean recycling, that's in the Ballygowan area. Ballancolic coaches, they're looking for a bus driver for full and part-time school transport contract. And the Bon Secure Hospitals in Cork are recruiting for a cardiac psychology for a maternity leave contract. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See crewmotors.com and some texts in with people disagreeing with Margaret and Ballin colleagues saying how would she feel if a loved one died from COVID I'm sure she'd have a very different uh, opinion someone at Michael says is that woman for real she doesn't want to know the daily numbers when they're given out the numbers are the real numbers and it is they are scary also the levels of people who could end up in hospital are even worse I completely agree with personal responsibility but the problem that we have is some people don't seem to understand what personal responsibility is says uh, uh, Michael and Gavin says when are people going to understand that this virus is a life or death situation that's what we are facing at the moment 1850 333103 and on posting items hi Patricia I sent two parcels on the 3rd of December one was going to New York and the other one was going to Dublin the one going to New York took five days and arrived safely the one going to Dublin took 11 days thank you for that to 0862 103 103 now a slightly singed 60 year old 
wrote Letter to Santa Claus has become a source of inspiration for the students of Glandor National School and their principal Norma Welton uh, joins me with all of the details. Good morning to you Norma. Good morning Patricia, and how are you? I'm very well and we will chat with Ryan the young student who brought the letter into school but, but you tell us first, describe it to us and what was written on this little letter. Okay, so it was written in Cork um, on the 1st of the 11th 1960 and the letter says Dear Santa, please get me a jar and a bottle for my dolly also a stick with a balloon on it and Rolls Royce Stinky and Game of Ludo too. And then Happy Christmas and it was signed by the child. So she's possibly six at the time and I think her dad wrote the letter. So a 60, we'll look at a 66 year old woman and it's signed, the, the name on it? Yvonne Foley. Do we know where in the city was it found? I am Western Road. And how was it found? So Ryan's granddad is work, was working in the construction industry and one of his friends was kangooing with him and they found the letter in a chimney breast. So um, I think that was back in 2005. And then the letter disappeared for a while. And then Ryan found it in his late granddad's diary, which was dated 2012. But and, and even the fact that the letter was written on, on the 1st of November 1960. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Young Yvonne was getting in, in in plenty of time and obviously sent up the chimney to go to the North Pole and somehow got wedged in the chimney breast. Or possibly Santa read it and left it. Yeah, there. absolutely, absolutely. Let's not forget that. So how did the children in the school, Norma, react to well, the letter? Ryan was just very quiet about it and he said, look, I found this in my granddad's diary. So I knew straight away that it was, you know, something old. So we put it into a poly pocket and we showed it around the class. So they were, you know, taken by how simple the requests were and how these items meant so much to a young girl back in 1960. So, um... The lessons for the day were kind of changed around and the second are the ones who were tech savvy. They went, you know, locating or trying to find Yvonne and then some of the radio stations got in touch and the Southern Star. And have you had any luck in locating Yvonne? No, but there was an article in the Irish Examiner in 2005 and that she was located in Bray in oh. Wicklow. But it's gone missing since. But the letter is still in Cork. Oh, and, and would would is that the is would Ryan's family like to get the letter back to her? Yes, I think the, the oh. um, Gerald, the man who found the letter with Kevin, would love to give the letter back to her or her family. Okay, and you have you have Ryan there. Ryan Horahan uh, Cregan yeah. uh, is there, um, who's eleven. That's right. If you can put put, put Ryan on, okay. um, Norma. Cheer, cheers for that. Here's the 11 year old. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Good morning to you. Um, tell us how you discovered the letter. It was in your granddad's diary? Yeah. You were just looking through the diary and you found it? Mm-hmm. Were you surprised when you found it? Uh, kind of. Did any of your family remember your granddad talking about it? No. And did you ever put a letter up a chimney for Santa Claus? No. And how did all your classmates react to the letter? Uh, surprised. Were they? Okay. And you'd like to get the you'd you'd like to find out who Yvonne Foley is and get, give the letter back to her. Yeah. Which would be a lovely thing to do. Okay. Well, have a happy Christmas and well done for bringing the letter in, Ryan. You're welcome. Okay. Can you put me back on to Mrs. Miss Miss Welton, Mrs. Welton? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Man of few words. <laughs> um, so, um, so it, it goes on, and we we wait and see if um, Yvonne, and of course Yvonne Foley, more than likely, please God, was married. So Foley might, might not. Is, 
is is no longer her name. But it would be so lovely to have this letter uh, returned okay. to her. OK, so how's everybody getting on in, in Glandore National School? It's been a, um, a crazy year for every a school. A crazy year, a different year. But um, so even these few weeks, we were having our plays in a minute and they've had Secret Santa already this morning. And the whole school then are walking to Drumstone Circle on the 21st. So you know, a few busy days ahead. Yeah, you, of course, you can't do your normal plays where the parents would come in. No, no. 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 So are you recording them or anything for them? taking um, pictures and some records of them. Are you? Okay, all right. And then you, your school break is half day when? Tuesday, isn't Tuesday, it? Half, half day, day Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, well, listen, stay safe, and Norma, and you stay too. in contact with us if we do. If you do find out who Yvonne Foley is, it'll be lovely to track her down. But thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for Okay, and a happy Christmas you to too. you. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Norma Welton, who is the principal of Glandor National School on the discovery of that letter from 60 years ago. Wouldn't it be just remarkable to track down the lady, the young lady, Yvonne Foley, as she was only six then back in 1960. But it is just the simplicity of what a child in 1960 wanted for Christmas compared to what a child today would want. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. The movie review on C103 with the Cinemax Bantry. Get back to the real cinematic experience. And our movie reviewer, uh, Mark Malone, is in studio. Good morning to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. And you're very welcome. Okay, two movies uh, to review. One is Tenant, and then we have some Christmas movies when you've got a part one and a part two of a Christmas movie. But we start with a trailer for Tenant. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. We're trying to prevent World War Three. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. Trying to prevent World War Three. We're looking at espionage here, is it? Is uh, yeah, but keep in mind this is directed by uh, Christopher Nolan, so nothing is ever simple. Um, okay. You know, I mean, did you? I don't know if you've seen Interstellar. I saw Interstellar, uh, yeah. Or there was a yeah. film called Memento, and uh, he made Inception, of course, which were incredibly convoluted, incredibly complicated. And you know, you always have that friend who goes, oh, "I had no problems understanding what was going on." I know, and you're looking at it going, "I can't make head or tail of it." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that Christopher Nolan likes to do, he obviously likes to just manipulate time. Time is a big, big thing in a lot of his films. You saw that with Interstellar where they came back from space and everybody had gotten really old whilst they were still remaining yeah. quite young. In Memento, uh, for example, the main character in the film kept, um, you know, uh, forgetting things because he had insomnia. Not insomnia, he had, um, uh, what's, what's the word? Where you just keep forgetting things constantly all the time and every 10 minutes then he remembers where he is. and what, Amnesia. What is Amnesia, thank you very yeah. much indeed, yes. And, uh, and so there again, the construct of time, again, what happened within those 10 minutes and he did the same with Inception as well. And so they are very, very complicated and, uh, and convoluted films. So you've got to keep on your toes all the time. The good thing about this one is that even though it was um, 
criticised by a lot of uh, critics for being complicated. Actually, if anything, this is actually his most easy to understand film because, well, in fact, he, you know, the characters explain what's going on constantly all the time. Uh, first of all, though, the opening, though, it kind of upset me ever so slightly. Do you remember a few years ago when some terrorists took over um, a theatre in Moscow? And if you remember what the authorities did, is they they flooded the um, I do. I they do. flooded uh, with um, the the the, the theatre with the gas. Yeah. Unfortunately, the gas they ended up killing a lot of the people. Yeah. Well, they open actually with this storyline, and the main character here, John David Washington, is actually in part of the team that went in just to try and save the people. And um, and so I have, I remember being very upset by that story as somebody who goes to the theatre quite a lot. So just keep in mind that that's actually the opening kind of uh, sequence in the film, and it's there for entertainment. Whereas I was kind of shocked by it because I remember how that I happened spent at that time. The, yeah, that was a real life event. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. only about 10 years ago. So that is the opening sequence. What uh, John David Washington um, is given the job uh, to find um, uranium, which has gone missing in, in Eastern Europe because everybody that, of course, wants to get their hands on them, including Kenneth Branagh, who plays this kind of Russian gangster. So the race is on to try and get this uranium before it gets into the hands of the bad guys to, so that, uh, you know, to stop World War Three uh, happening. Uh, what then they discover is that, in fact, this Russian oligarch played by Kenneth Branagh, he has a way of manipulating time. And he doesn't so much go back in time, but actually what he does is he reverses Versus time, but in real time. So I know that's kind of complicated. Versus time in real time. Exactly. So it all okay. happens in front of your eyes. And there's a scene where the two lads, they go into a room and they see that there's bullet holes in the wall. And one of them says, I wonder what happened here. And John David Washington, who's begun to kind of decipher how this manipulation of time happens, he goes... This hasn't happened yet. And then what happens is you've got like a, a three minute kind of fight scene all done in reverse. But now what would have been easy, I think, for a director, most directors would have just filmed it, uh, you know, in the way you would film and then go to a reverse computer it. and reverse it. But what they actually did was they actually obviously constructed a sequence whereby they actually do it themselves in Ooh, reverse. That's and, clever. Yeah. And it, it and is difficult. very clever. And very difficult. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that happening in the film. So there's, it's, there's, a, there's super intelligence and super kind of uh, talent at work here to kind of make that kind of thing work and it does work and so the some of the action sequences are absolutely terrific and very very entertaining unfortunately the thing that let down the film for me are the performances I mean I thought they were really really poor John David Washington is actually Denzel Washington's son and I spent the whole time thinking wouldn't Imagine if this actually starred Denzel Washington and how good it would be. Because Washington just has one look at his face throughout the whole thing. Um, does he look a bit like his dad? I'm looking uh, in the picture, he looks a bit like him, but does uh, he look on, not, on screen? Not he's not as tall no. as his dad. I think okay. he's about five foot nine. But then the problem is, is that uh, his girlfriend in the film is played by an actress called uh, Elizabeth Debicki, who's now six foot three. And so there's this huge variation in size between them, which is kind of a very odd bit of casting. Um, Robert Pattinson is also in it. But the problem is, is that I couldn't understand a word that Robert Pattinson was, was saying. And I it's actually one of the um, criticisms of the film is that uh, the sound was really, really poor and it could and it was at times. At times it looks like an amazing Bond movie. It looks beautiful. Great action sequences. But as I said, some of the performances, Kenneth Branagh playing this Russian oligarch doesn't work, I'm afraid. And um, yeah, so it's, it's got its good and it's bad. It made about 300 million, I think, worldwide. They sent the film out during the, the uh, pandemic and during the lockdown, hoping that at least people, you know, in areas where cinemas were open, it 
made about 300 million, which sounds a lot, but I think it had to at least reach 400 million to try and break so even. Last. So that there is a loss there. Yeah. Hey, look, if you're a fan of uh, Christopher Nolan, I'm sure you'll be entertained by it. You'll also be maybe confused by it. Uh, there's there's good and bad here. In the main, I would recommend it though. Okay, market out of 10? Uh, six. Six out of 10, and that is uh, Tenant. Now, Christmas movies. The Christmas Chronicles Part 2 is out, and you decided you'd watch it, and then you realised you hadn't watched the first one. I hadn't seen the first one, yeah. The first one was out about two years ago, and so I thought, look, we've got to go back and watch it. So, um, you know, my wife, as and I do mentioned... And do you need to... What? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it would help. Yeah, my wife, as you know, as said it last is week, it is Christ- the ex- she's the expert buff. on Christmas movies. So we yeah. sat down and watched The Christmas Chronicles. And basically it's the story about this uh, little young girl who's desperate to kind of prove to everybody that Santa exists. And so therefore she sets up kind of booby traps on Christmas Eve to try and catch him. In the meantime, herself and her brother end up in the sleigh with Santa. He turns around, not expecting them to be there, loses control of the sleigh. His hat falls off. Now, apparently all his magic comes from his is hat. Is in the hat. Yeah. yeah, so and that falls down onto the streets somewhere in Chicago. They've got to land, and once that happens, they crash land. Off go the reindeer. So they have—they not only have to try and track down Santa's hat, Santa's bag of, of of toys, but also the reindeer as well. And there's some lovely, really funny, very funny moments in this film. This is one of the sweetest films I've seen in a very, very long time. And um, you know, Kurt Russell here as Santa Claus is having the time of his life. I mean, he's having a great time. And on occasions, um, we hear that to and get, he looks like Santa Claus. Actually, and it's all his own hair and beard. Beard as well, is which it? is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is that um, he's gorgeous, gorgeous. Now and then, when the um, when the reindeer get a bit kind of tired, he's got to sing, and so therefore, which raises people's spirits. And by doing that, then it raises kind of uh, you know the, the Christmas spirit, and so therefore regenerates the um, the uh, the reindeer. And uh, Kurt Russell has played Elvis, of course, on, on a couple of times in the past. In fact, when he was like eight years of age, I think he was in a film with Elvis where he actually kicked him in the shins. Yeah, he is able to sing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we do have big, big kind of musical numbers and they're very good and he is also very good I laughed a lot I thought it was really good I thought it was really really sweet the second one unfortunately I didn't particularly like very much indeed it was just the whole spirit and sweetness of, of the first film just seemed to be gone um, it was uh, written and directed by uh, Chris Columbus who made one of the great uh, you know Christmas movies uh, of all time Hold Malone I and uh, it was a bit like do you, I don't know if you saw Back to the Future 1 and 2 Back to the Future yeah. 1 again 1 is one of the sweetest films ever made and 2 had a no, nasty little yeah, horrible edge like nasty, and yeah, it's the same here you know there is a nasty edge to and it and no need for a particular Christmas movie yeah and it's kind of dark you know what I mean and the elves uh, they decided uh, they'd CGI the elves and the elves aren't very nice at all in fact they're quite aggressive and I didn't really like that and in this second film especially there were a lot of kind of battles kind of war battles a lot of use of kind of uh, things like bow and arrows and guns and stuff and it just kind of brought that kind of nasty little edge to it and I didn't laugh I didn't think it was particularly funny there is a lovely um, music number with Darlene Love though which I did like very very much indeed uh, but the problem is is that it's nowhere near as good or as sweet or as entertaining as the first film and Goldie Hawn plays Mrs Claus and they, they're married in real life uh, they are yeah. yeah and in fact a lot of the family Oliver Hudson is in the first film and that's Kate Hudson's brother and of course uh, Oliver Hudson is Goldie Hawn's uh, son and stepfather stepson okay. Of, okay. of Kurt Russell and a lot of the kids are all grandkids and you know so they got the whole family involved <laughs> a, uh, Goldie Hawn only makes a kind of a cameo in the first film but she's, there's more of her in the second but again in the second we wanted more Kurt Russell we wanted more Goldie Hawn instead we had those 
awful um, you know elves who speak elvish so therefore there's subtitles which is not going to help uh, you for know children. for children that's yeah. going to be a problem for them and they're kind of kind of scary one of them has a has a chainsaw and you just kind of think oh, goodness me you know this is an elf. he's waving it around yeah. yeah so yeah so the elves weren't particularly very nice but the first film I thought was terrific and if you're looking for something uh, to watch over Christmas nice I'd certainly Christmas recommend, I'd recommend both but the first one is way better okay so mark it out of 10 um, well the first one I'd give 8 to Eight uh, out of ten, yeah. okay. And the second one? Uh, five. Five, yeah. okay. All right. Okay, listen, thank you for that. And thank you for all your reviews during the year. We've enjoyed each and every one of them. And uh, we look forward to having you back in the new year. Thank you very much. Have a great Christmas. Thank you. That is uh, Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. The movie review on C103 with the Cinemax Bantry. Get back to the real cinematic experience. We need to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. And don't forget, in the next hour, we're doing a special tribute to our own Sean Donlan, who's going to be joining me in studio uh, this morning on the occasion of his retirement just kind of a chat with Sean and we've got some local artists who want to come on and just talk about what an impact Sean has had on uh, their lives and I can see I've lots and lots of requests and gorgeous comments in from listeners for Sean and I will do my very very best to get through as many of them as I can but that's all coming up between 12 and 1 today. We need to take a break though and head to the newsroom for news at 12 midday. Court today on C103 with McCr- Crew Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCrewMotors.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. Now, the one and only Sean Donlan is hanging up his headphones and today we play, pay tribute to his great talent by dedicating the final hour of the programme to Sean, who I'm delighted to say joins me in studio uh, this morning. And we have, have many of Ireland's finest singers lined up with recorded greetings. We've got lots of local singers who we have to promote over the years who, is going to, who are going to join us uh, as well. But uh, Sean joins me. Uh, good afternoon to you, Sean. And a very good afternoon and it's, to you. It is so fabulous to have you back here in studio. Yes, thank you. Can I take you back uh, as to how did radio all start for you? By accident. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of things. <clears throat> no. Uh, Jimmy Bone, uh, a well-known man, music man from, from, from Mallow, uh, got things underway with uh, ten volumes of the rakes of Mallow, as he called them, back during the 90s. He did one every year and he recorded some singers that may, couldn't, might never have been heard of uh, on air with regard to uh, the rakes. And uh, he did 10 volumes of that. Uh, people like Anne Murphy was, I think, recorded for the first time. Uh, Jerry O'Callaghan, Margaret Lucy, Dave Ray and uh, Jimmy Scanlon and uh, Liam Keller, the Lord of Mercy name, and Connie Buckley and uh, Dave Scully and a few more. Uh, he did a marvellous job in promoting local artists from the Greater Mallow area. And then you got the opportunity to play those on air. And he caught up with me one time and he said, will you sing a couple of songs for us for the mm-hmm. rakes? And I said, I will, of course. But in fact, it, they were recorded inside in uh, Studio Fiona, Brian O'Reilly's in, in Fermoy. So it was very professionally done. So did you did you grow up with music? I sort of grew up with music uh, more. I'd be very interested in uh, traditional music, uh, 
because uh, the couple of members, well, the leader of the, the great Kilfenora Cayley band, even of today, would be his grandfather was a brother of my grandmother's. All right, so all right. You can make all what we yeah. what way we were related. Yeah, yeah, and and of course you and and I have an album in studio here with me. You performed with your own boys, your own kids. We did recorders, yeah. Just those the one track I'd say. Can I play a little bit? You can, of do you course. Mind? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Do you want to introduce it? You you do it. I <laughs> I've forgotten about it. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a track called um, Back Home Again. Oh yeah. There's a storm across the valley, clouds are rolling in, the afternoon lies heavy on your shoulders, there's a truck out on the There you go, that's you. And who, who else is performing on that with you, Sean? It's your sons, is it? My son, Mike, yeah. and uh, Connor is in there too. And uh, I think Ashling also, my daughter Ashling also recorded uh, a verse or two on a couple of songs that we recorded uh, around the same time. Yeah, so you, you've passed so. on the musical gene uh, to them for sure. <laughs> yeah. And the love of country music, where does, where does that all hail from? It hails from, I suppose, the way we were actually brought up and... Uh, we didn't hear enough of it on, on the uh, national radio, really. Uh, now, Roran Collins made some difference when he came on many months ago, and he's still going strong, thanks be to God. Uh, but it was great to be able to... And th- that's the kind of music that were going on in the dance halls of the, the era. Uh, th- th- they were all Irish, and they had to play waltzes and quick steps and a bit of this and that and the other. And... Uh, they were hardly ever recorded, I think, until this happened. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was marvellous to... to uh, and, then it, and then it promoted those people. Promote and, and I have lots of those people who want, who want to talk. Let me, let me first of all listen. This is Louise Morrissey uh, talking, who's recorded a piece, Sean. Hi, Sean. It's Louise Morrissey here. And I just wanted to wish you the very, very best on your retirement after 30 years on radio. You're going to be missed. And I want to say thank you for all the help and support that you gave me over the years and all the fantastic music that you played for everybody. And um, it's just so much appreciated. And I wish you the very best and God bless. OK, that's the wonderful Louise Morrissey. Let me go to the phone lines where uh, Paddy O'Brien, local singer-songwriter, uh, joins us. Uh, good afternoon, Paddy. Good afternoon, Patricia. And Paddy, when did you first meet Sean? Oh, my God. I met Sean many years ago, Patricia, I suppose. Uh, I ran country music events, and uh, I would, uh, of course, have uh, booked hotels, we'd say, for weekends, and there would be a various crew or 
different bands there for the weekends and so on and so forth. But Sean was always great to support me in my weekends and indeed with her visitors home here to my ma- late mum and dad. So from that, of course, and also, of course, from uh, doing radio interviews with him and indeed meeting him at a number of uh, shows that he would have compared or maybe just socialised at. OK, pa- Sean, do you want to say hi to Paddy? Hello, good <laughs> good afternoon, Paddy. How are you? And fond, fond memories indeed of the Sunday mornings at your mother's house, your own uh, home. Indeed, Sean. My God, they were they were special indeed. And, uh, you know, I just want to say, Sean, how special you made uh, our music and, uh, the, 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 I suppose, you know, testimony to your huge audience and the number of years you've been on radio. It proves that you just didn't do something right. You did great, you know, so... I am so proud, Sean, to 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 have you as a friend for many years, and indeed, thanks a million. And I do know also, as 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 you know as well, Patricia, uh, I suppose connection with your audience is vital uh, on radio. And Sean, you did that in an amazing way because uh, your audience were there; they were loyal, and uh, they were there through thick and thin. Now, when you do twenty hours each week on radio. My God, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, putting together of stuff and so on and so forth. But equally, Sean, let's not be uh, forget that I do know and I've heard on various occasions that you're always there for every event locally, let it be something that was good to raise funds for some special events or whatever, but also maybe when even down to the fact that maybe somebody might uh, ring up very distressed because of, of their animal, their pets being lost straight or something like that so indeed your call out uh, united uh, people with their pets Sean was always there a, a vital part and, and, and Paddy also um, his, uh, Sean's knowledge of country music amazing I, yeah. I think Sean's knowledge of music full stop Patricia Sean of course uh, had an amazing ability to I love doing interviews with Sean because you got the questions direct the homework was done you knew exactly what you were to answer and that was informative, short and sweet to say, but very, very informative. Okay, I can see him and inside and, and he's, he's blushing away. Listen, Paddy, thank you. I have so many people to, to get to. That's uh, Paddy O'Brien. Here's Mike Denver with a message for you, Sean. Hi, Sean. Mike Denver here. want to wish you all the best on your retirement. You were a, a great man for Irish country music for so many years. You kept it on the airwaves all over County Cork and down the south of the country. So I want to wish you all the best and hope you have great years of uh, a wonderful retirement and enjoy yourself, and I'll see you very, very soon. Happy Christmas to you, and Happy New Year, and we'll see you hopefully in 2021. Thank so, you thank uh, you very, very much that's indeed. That's the Mike. wonderful Mike uh, Denver. I'm going to go back to the phone lines because uh, Peter Burke uh, oh. joins me, uh, another good friend of yours. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon to you, Patricia. And when we, asked, when we asked, I'm very well, thank you. When we asked Peter, where did he meet Sean? Where did you, where, where did you say, Peter? Well, it was definitely uh, 1992, I'm not sure of the date. It was in Desi's Bar in Ballymagooley, my local pub. The best <laughs> pub in the world, by the way, and it's uh, run by the best people in the world down there, passing Carmel. Down Absolutely. in Desi's in 1992. Sean, Sean you'd agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I recognised the voice. Sean wasn't that very long on the radio, and I recognised the voice while I was playing away my um, my accordion, and I said, he sounds like the man on the radio, and uh, we became great, great friends. I remember Sean encouraging me to record uh, a tape uh, at the time, and I wasn't singing or anything, and it was an instrumental and uh, he was so helpful. He played it on air, and he gave the the, the tape the copies of the tape to other DJs from other stations. That's the measure of the man. And Patricia, I'd just like to say thanks so much to you and to John Paul 
and all the team for inviting me on to. Ah, oh, listen, that's listen, that's listen, that's, that's, that's our pleasure because because I know on on a personal outside of the professional side of, of the singing, Sean has become a really good friend of yours, Peter. Oh, we were great old friends, and he took me around in his car. I won't say whose car it was now, but he was driving this car and borrowed. <laughs> Don't get yourself um, in trouble now, Sean, please. <laughs> I can afford to get him in trouble now, I think. All right. Yeah, there's, a, there's a car with a radio station logo on the side of it anyway. But uh, uh, he was driving me, you know, he would take me around to places and try and get me in the doors of places. And um, he was a great, he was wonderful, wonderful. He, he played a role, he played a role in your mar- in, when you got married. He did indeed. He was the the, the co-driver of the uh, the wedding car. The aforementioned Jimmy Bohan was, was the, was the, we, 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 we had uh, we got married in Gugan Barra and we had a small family wedding because at the time my wife was a hairdresser and uh, I was freelancing so I could have been playing with maybe four or five different bands a week so there was too many to invite to the wedding so we decided to have a small wedding in Gugan Barra a little family wedding but that but Sean is his family to everybody so he was uh, I still have the wedding photos and uh, um, obviously and uh, there's a few nice ones there of Sean as well <laughs> and Jimmy it was wonderful and he got you to the church on time. Um, he did, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> he was wonderful. Um, oh God, just I don't know what to say. Really, he's just uh, an incredible person to, to all the, the musicians and the people in the business. Helpful Sh- to everyone. Sean, how did. how would you describe Peter? Peter, I don't recall getting paid for that job. <laughs> I, I I can't. I wasn't able to go down there because of the lockdown. But I know where you live. All right, Sean. And I'll see you and Dizzy some night over a pint. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Peter, it's in the post. It's in the post. It's in the post. Listen, good chatting to you, Peter. Thank you for thanks that. Patricia, thanks, Patricia. Okay. Thanks indeed. And lovely to, to have the programme. It's oh. a wonderful tribute to a wonderful man. I really appreciate it. Well, our and pleasure having you on. The friendship will continue, Sean, that's for sure. Anyway, it certainly will, Peter. Forever. Thank you. All God, right. bless. God bless. God bless. Okay, we Thank need to take so our much. first commercial break and then we're back after this. We're playing tribute to the wonderful Sean Donlan. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota. Toyota Hybrids, the place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCrewMotors.com. And on the occasion of Sean Donlan's retirement, we're playing a tribute uh, this afternoon. Sean, I have pages and pages of texts in. Would you like to hear a few of them? Sure. Can I, can I call out some of them? Here's, here's one that says, it's difficult to encompass the aspects of Sean's life. He had worked in the dairy sector and he knew the farming life and he knew rural communities well. He was a musician and then came from what was the first properly organised regional radio, apart from Radio Nogueltoc, that had local content and it wasn't dictated by Dublin. He gave the people what they wanted and many people wanted that very same music which wasn't a minority interest. The March reports were also very much part of the programme and that comes in from uh, Tim and I think Tim is right. People forget 30 years ago how it was a different world we lived in and radio was dictated from Dublin wasn't it at the time? Absolutely and this was the reason for localising it as much as possible. It made a big, big difference. Yeah. You know, if some lady had uh, lost her dog or her bicycle. You wouldn't get that out on uh, national radio. <laughs> you still wouldn't today. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, no. yeah. But to be able to do that and meant that you had upped your listenership as well because you wouldn't know what was going to come up next. Yeah, and, and even Paddy O'Brien touching on it, the, uh, the events that go on, the community events, the charity events. Absolutely. You went to an awful lot of those over the years. Yes, it was great to support them. And and to uh, it it made a, a whack of an absolute difference. It was brilliant yeah. to be able to put them on air, as it were. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, back to some of the requests in. Banjo Jim says, uh, wish Sean all the very best and a very happy uh, retirement. Um, uh, Good afternoon, uh, Patricia. Would you please pass on our best wishes to Sean for a happy retirement? Sean was a great man to champion and help promote the music and events around the area. And that's from all of the Village Arts Centre in uh, Kilworth. Barry and Cove says, could you please pass on my sincere thanks to Sean for many happy hours of listening down through the years. Congratulations on your uh, retirement and Sean, thank you for all of the great uh, music. Uh, please wish uh, Sean all the best, remembering himself and Angela playing in Glocka many years ago. That's, Glockamora, yeah. that's from uh, Dan. And says, wish Sean a happy retirement. Thanks, Sean, for all the wonderful years of being on radio in our homes and for the support to the musicians, especially my late husband, Liam Lou O'Donnell. Uh, may he rest in peace. Thank you for playing our uh, music. Best wishes to you, Magella, and to all of the family. That's from Anne O'Donnell. Thanks That's very, from, very much. From fond, Anne. fond memories there. Hi, Patricia. I always listened to Sean, really enjoyed him. Uh, never knew he was such a fabulous singer, <laughs> says Jay. Best of luck in his retirement. You weren't playing your own songs enough. Never. <laughs> Best wishes to Sean and his retirement. Thanks for promoting all the local musicians. That's from Johnny Lenahan and all of your friends at Desi's. And somebody from Tip Midwest Radio, Pat Connors, wants to wish you all the best on your retirement as well. And here's a little message to you from Declan Nerney. Hello, Sean. This is Declan Nerney calling you all the way from County Longford. And uh, I'd just like to uh, send my gratitude to for all the great years and all the great plays and help that you gave to both myself and other artists like me too on your radio programme. And you always had always great time for us each and every time we went to Mallow or the surrounding areas. And I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all the very, very best in your retirement. And uh, uh, with God's help, uh, we, we'll meet up somewhere along the way for a Joram. So have a good one, Sean. Thank you, Declan, and God bless. That's a, that's a lovely message. Now, Johnny Carroll joins me. Good afternoon to you, Johnny. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, when did you first meet our, the, our wonderful Sean Donnelly? Oh, my old friend, Sean. Great, great friend of mine for many, many years. And You know, Patricia... Sean and I go back so long, I really don't know when we met first, because Sean and I, you know, and his family uh, go back a long, long time. I think Sean is a Roscommon man, more than myself, but a Roscommon, my old board, a Roscommon guy with our Castlery, Ballymore. But Sean and his family will go back a long, long time, I'd say it's over 30 years at least. And uh, I, I knew Sean's brother, Frankie, the, the Lord of Bercy, and a very, very talented musician also. So I'd be very friendly with, with Sean and, and, and his family for many, many years. But Sean was a great, a great friend of mine and a great friend of all the Irish entertainers for, for all these years. And Patricia, all I can say is this, that no matter where you are in the world, if you rang Sean, he'd always take up the phone and answer you. You'd get through to Sean that time, but there's no gig going or whatever it was. And when I took out my first album, A Touch of Class, which was very, very successful for me, and I started doing my thing around the country, one of my biggest areas was County Cork. And I... I, I put that down to Sean. Sean started playing a touch of class. And, you know, Cork became my second home, Patricia, for 20, 25 or 30 years. And I really mean this sincerely. It was due to Sean Donlan, as all the plays he gave me. It may be so popular in the area that I made, I made a living there for so many, many years. And, Sean, I'll always appreciate that. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such a help to me down them years. More than You're welcome. a great guy. And, you know, as I said before, Patricia, I mean... Um, Sean was <laughs> Sean was the housewife's choice. There, there was a program on, on, on BBC television many years ago, or on BBC radio at the time, so it was called Housewife's Choice. And a fellow called uh, 
Dewey Green or somebody produced it. But Sean was, Sean was definitely the housewife's choice around around the country because all the housewives would, would shun into Sean every <laughs> evening because I went to the States many times and I had friends out there, the Murphys, who live in Florida. And each time myself and my wife go out there, we'd walk into Murphys at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and we'd be on with Sean Donlan on, on, on um, one three, And I'd ring up Sean from from wherever it was in Florida. Sean, how are you doing? How are you, Johnny? I'm in Florida listening to you. <laughs> He'd laugh. <laughs> I couldn't could imagine the studio put, put, put from the pipe there, but a great guy. And, you know, he did so much for the Irish music scene and as, as all, all the, a lot of the other people have said there, like, he was a great guy. And, Sean, we miss you so much. But, you know, I, I, I think, Sean, after listening to that, your, your rendition there of uh, Back Home Again, I think if, if you hadn't met it in local radio or a radio in general, you would have been a huge success as a lead singer. And I, I can see you coming back out of retirement to go on the road, maybe, Sean. We might get together and do a duet together, maybe do a tour together, because you've you, you got on, a good Sean, voice. Sean, there's, there's an offer. What do you make of that offer? <laughs> well, I'll take him up on that, especially if he still has the golden trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's great to hear your voice, Sean, I mean that, because, my God, I've, I've, I've been listening for many, many years. But uh, as I said, you know, as you know, with, with internet radio, the way it's going, I mean, internet stations are, are listening all, all over the world now, and... You were always very popular, and 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 uh, all your colleagues there in, in one or three, and you'll be listeners all over the world. But you had that just gentle voice. Actually, for the fellow called David Jacobs to produce, produce that, and David Jacobs had this wonderful smooth voice, and you always remind me of uh, David Jacobs there on BBC uh, Radio, going back many many years. And you know, you're so soothing, and you kept you kept so many people happy. And uh, you're definitely you were definitely the housewife's choice, Sean. That's all I can say. Thank you very much indeed, Johnny, and uh, long may it continue for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. As, as we said, so we, we'll meet again, Sean. We'll, we'll have an old, whatever it is along the way, a cup of coffee or whatever, whatever, whatever we're drinking at the time, God willing. But I promise you one thing, Sean, we will meet again because when this is all over, I'll contact you. We'll, 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 we'll meet and uh, have, have the old chat. And, uh, and Absolutely. Back again, God Absolutely. Willing. Th- thanks for that, Johnny. Thank you, Patricia. Okay, and and a very happy Christmas to you. And, and many happy returns. Many happy, happy returns. Sean. Thank and you. Thank you, Johnny. The very uh, same to your good self. And stay safe. Uh, the Morning Hunts in Newmarket says, we miss uh, Sean. Thanks for playing all of our requests. The best of health to you in the years ahead. And here's a lovely one from Stephen in County Kerry. Says, I'm not in the league of Louise Morrissey and Mike Denver and the people that are sending in uh, messages today, Patricia. But for what it's worth, will you please pass on my, my best wishes to Sean. I first discovered his show in the second year of what was then County Sound around 1991 and what a great show it was I never knew a more obliging presenter and he made that show his own with his soft soothing radio voice and his wonderful knowledge and of course his great choice of uh, music and that's from Stephen listening in Kerry see people across the border as well which please wish Sean a happy retirement thanks for all the help over the years have a great Christmas all the best that's from Tim Coughlin and just one final one would you please say to Uncle Sean best of luck on your retirement we're all listening today in Roscommon your sisters um, Monica and is that Im- Im- Immacula Immacula that's an unusual name is that your sister's name Immacula, Immacula. Immacula sorry Immacula I didn't get your name Immacula and Monica send their love love to all the Donlins in Cork hope to see you really really soon and that's from Melissa Martin Leah and uh, Kate who say P.S. up the roses thank you very much and they were known as Mac and Mon anyway were they <laughs> Your lovely sisters. Okay, here's a message from Nathan Carter for you. Hi guys, Nathan Carter here. Just dropping by to say a huge congratulations to Sean Donlan uh, on all his efforts and his amazing musical career as a DJ over the last number of years. 
He's done a great job. We really appreciate all he's done for country music here in Ireland and especially uh, on C103 Radio Cork. All the best for the future, Sean. Take care. And thank you, Nathan. And there, it's, it's lovely to see the younger singers coming up, isn't it? And there's, there's almost like it's all been country music and Irish country music has been re-energised. There's a whole generation of young people. Absolutely. It, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? But it was always popular. So it was the simplest thing in the world to broadcast it. Yeah. You know, you're only doing a small, a, a very small bit. They, they had the big problem of recording it or getting a recording studio to cover them. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't easy. Yeah, but once they got it then once and then it, and then when yeah. you had shows, shows, shows like yours. But you, you had a room upstairs with CDs in it that nobody else could. It was like Pandora's box. Nobody else could understand the logic behind it. But I watched you on many occasions walk in and put your hand on a CD and go, if I was asking you for something, you go, there it was. H- how did you know where every CD was up there? Well, it was very, very simple. You had American country, you had Irish country, and you had traditional country, all in three different locations above. Okay. And they were, as far as I could, in alphabetical order, put them, do you know what I mean? And uh, it was easy enough then. But sadly, uh, they were borrowed at some stages and never returned. Yeah, that's the, worst. So <laughs> one, that's the one thing about CDs. That is the one thing about CDs. Dave Ray is on the line and he joins me this afternoon, local singer-songwriter. Uh, good afternoon, Dave. Hello, Patricia. Um, it's just a great opportunity now to have a word there with you. So um, uh, I've been friends with Sean for the past 25 years and ever before I met him, I listened regularly to his show and appreciated his far-reaching knowledge of music and his love of it. Now, he did an awful lot for entertainers and musicians locally and countrywide, and Sean never failed to give a play to the guy who was unknown and trying to break into the scene. And he was he was always very generous to me, and I'm in debt to him for the number of times he played my songs on radio. And as well as that, I have recorded six albums, and I'm privileged that Sean launched all those albums for me. And we had some great nights, and we had great memories of those nights and other nights as well. And on behalf of Margie and myself, I'd like to wish him a very happy and healthy retirement. And when COVID is over, I hope we can meet up again and celebrate this milestone in real Irish style. And Patricia, I'd also like to thank yourself and John Paul for including me here in paying tribute to Sean today. Okay, Sean, do you want to have a word with Dave? Dave, you're very, very welcome. And as you said in your last album, love is everything. Love is everything, Sean. And you're, you're... you're one of the best, or I have to say, the very best, really. We love you dearly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Isn't that really nice? That's really nice. Thanks for that, uh, uh, Dave. Uh, Dave, and when, when you look back on your career, uh, Sean, it's the likes of Dave um, and Peter and Paddy. Um, it's those local artists are the ones that mean the most to you. I, Absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. They're the people playing locally. And, you know, uh, it's, it's grand to be playing Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. Uh, that's fine, but they're all dead, you know, <laughs> and they don't sing songs anymore. So the living and the people that are bringing us music locally and internationally as well, indeed, yeah. uh, that you, pr- you, pr- you promote and it, it helps your programme. It's as simple as that. And the talent that's out there locally. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So it's the easiest part of the job. 
Okay, um, Mags and Skull, so great to hear Sean on the radio uh, today. Can I wish him all the best? Hi, I want to wish Sean all the best in life and for all the enjoyment he's given us over the years. That's from James on the north side of the city who says C103 is the best. Thank you for that, James. Hi, Patricia. Wish Sean all the best in his retirement. Thank him for all the songs and the requests he played for me when he was on the radio. That is from Tim Joe Hurley in Butlerstown in North Bandon. Lovely. as opposed to South Bandon. Uh, hi, best wishes to Sean. He's one of the best. That's from John Nyam. And just to wish Sean a long and a happy retirement and a peaceful and healthy Christmas to himself and Magella. Thank you, Sean, for all the support and the airtime for the CDs for Simon and St. Joseph's. It helped in no small way to make them successful. Sean did me the honour of attending my 70th birthday in the Sandpiss house and contributed to a great night. And that's from our own Joe Heffernan who does the, the uh, d- does our programme. And character. the t- is indeed. And big thanks to Sean for all the airplay and the best wishes uh, best wishes on your retirement that's for Contrida O'Sullivan in uh, Scarta Glen and uh, can I just say oh, I'm doing my best to get through as many of those as I can but obviously we are caught with uh, time restraints OK I need to take another quick uh, break and we'll be back uh, continuing with our tribute to the one and only Sean Donlan Court today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids the place to order your 211 Toyota see McCroomMotors.com C103. And we're playing tribute to the one and only Sean Donnan on the occasion of his uh, retirement. And uh, Sean, here is a recorded message from Daniel O'Donnell. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? It's Daniel here. A wee message just to wish you all the best in your retirement. Uh, I can't believe that you've been 30 years uh, on the radio, but I want to thank you especially for all the support you've given me over that time. Uh, all of the great interviews, both in person and over the phone. And please, God, even though you're uh, retiring, it won't mean that we won't see you. Uh, I wish you good luck and good health and all the very best. And again, many congratulations on a wonderful, wonderful career on radio. Thank you, Daniel. And actually, Daniel went to the bother putting a little video clip together and we have it up on our, on our Facebook pages that uh, people can see it uh, as well. Some of the messages coming in. Jer in Dunamore. Wish Sean the very best. He's a lovely man, lovely voice and I've enjoyed him so much down through the years. Etta in Churchtown wants to wish you all the best. It's great to hear you back on the radio this morning. Noreen in the spinning wheel in Castletown Roach used to always listen to Sean in the evenings in the bar. Greta in Bantry says, I rang C103 one evening and Sean answered the phone. Also, I have great memories of Sean on the radio and I was at a 90th birthday and Sean actually came to the birthday. And that particular call made me laugh. You you did answer the phones. People seem to think that there was a big team behind you. There Absolutely. wasn't. <laughs> you did have people answering the phones, but there was a section of the, if the phones got very busy, you picked up the phones. Give my hand out. You did. <laughs> Kathleen in the city wants to wish you all the best. Crookstown Village. Sean opened our show 25 years ago. He went along to open. He doesn't even remember that. That was 25 years ago. Where you was that? Cookstown Village. Oh, they right. had a local a local show. Straw Hall, Straw Hill Nursing Home in Formoy. Sean used to call to the residents there. Straw Hall. Straw yeah. Hall, yeah. Lovely. And uh, Jimmy Healy, the Pike Theatre in Ballincollig. Thanks to Sean for all the support over the years. Best wishes to Sean from Pat Daly, Liam Larry, and the Mogili Star. And your brother, uh, Sean's brother, Jim, in Athlone rang wants right. to wish you all the best he's listening Hello, um, as, as well OK let's go straight to the phone lines where Finbar Winters uh, wants to join us um, good, good afternoon Finbar Hello Patricia thanks for having me oh, on well, you, and, You're very welcome Sean's with us here talk away yeah, I'll I just say hello to Sean it's great to hear him on the air again Hello Finbar how are you? 
I'm very good, thank you, thank you. And your connection to Sean and how you met Sean? Oh, goodness me. I, I was just trying to pinpoint that the other day and um, when, when I first got to know Sean. But I, I remember about 25 years ago, I was playing in some band and we made a demo. And I gave a copy to Sean, as bands often did. And regardless of quality or, or lack of quality in our case, he gave us our couple of minutes of fame and, and played the song on the radio. And since then, if I, if I was involved with his song or a gig or just sending a request, he always obliged. You were the Johnny Cash tribute band too, weren't you? Oh, yeah, well, we, 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 um, the Johnny Cash tribute band came later. So, right. and, and we're at that for about, um, I suppose, maybe 10 or 12 years now we've been doing that. Very good. But he was a part yeah. of the success of your career, Fimber. Oh, he sure was. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I was involved, uh, we, as I say, with, with a song or if we had a gig coming on, Sean was always give us a plug. Well, you wrote a great uh, song anyway in, 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 uh, in, in, in the thank you with a little help from Derek Burke and Mary Prendergast and Peter Burke and Pat Daly. Uh, five great acts, great artists. Uh, that, that, that's, thank uh, you, thanks, Sean. Yeah. And thank we, we are hoping to play out on that, so you've just ruined the oh. surprise, Sean. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, well I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell just a little bit about that. Please um, do, please do. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen Sean for a while with the limit on travel and cocooning and all that. And I missed his shows. And as you know, Sean is very knowledgeable, as has been mentioned already, on everything he plays. But we shared an interest in what I would call real country music and the background stories, with Sean, of course, being a big fan of Merle Haggard in particular. And I was thinking, if, if I met him, what I'd say to him. And the lines of the song just came to me. And it, it's a measure of the esteem in which Sean is held, not just by his listeners, but also singers and musicians everywhere, that when I was chatting to other people involved, as soon as I mentioned that I was working on a tribute to Sean, they immediately said they'd love to help. Yeah, and those, just as you mentioned already, Sean, um, I suppose, in order of appearances, they say, with Derek Burke from Crystal Swing, Mary Prendergast from Waterford, uh, yeah. Mallow Man, who needs no introduction and who's on already, Peter Burke, and of course, Pat Daly from Limlara. Yeah, fantastic. And as I say, Absolutely. fingers crossed if we allow, time allows, I'm going to play it. Listen, thank you for that, uh, Fimber. Okay. And uh, if I could just say one more thing, I was on the other day to an old friend of Sean and C103, and that's John Cahill in Missouri. Oh, oh our and own John. John, yeah. yeah. He said he's great memories of working with Sean and he asked me to pass on his very best wishes. And his own son was in the building earlier because he's still working oh, for his curl. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. thanks for that, Finbar. Thanks. And thank you, Patricia. No, thank you, our, our pleasure. And uh, Kevin McSweeney says, wish every good luck in the future to Sean Donnan, a brilliant presenter, a true friend and a gentleman. We musicians owe him so much. God bless Sean. Thanks for everything and stay safe. That's from Kevin, Kevin uh, Mac. Mac. And uh, Sean Kane has recorded a message. Let me play out Sean. Hello, Sean, from another Sean. It's Sean Kane here. I'd like to wish you well in your retirement, sir. I've known you for many years. I've known the passion you have for radio and for music. You'll be sad lost to the radio waves. I'd like to also thank you for supporting my music bounce through the years. And uh, again, I wish you well, Sean. And hopefully we'll be you along the way. Keep well, God bless. Uh, Thank you very much. That's really nice. That's from Sean Kane. And uh, we have Patrick O'Sullivan, another local uh, singer-songwriter. Good afternoon, Patrick. Good afternoon, Patricia. And Uh, good afternoon, Sean. Thank you. Good afternoon to you, old friend. And where did you first meet our Sean Donnellan? You know, I I was just trying to recall where was the first place. I think I first met Sean in Marty Max, going away back in the early 90s. Right. That was a great venue, wasn't it? 
super, super venue at the time, yeah. It was really, really popular place. And Shoshan was a big part of that, promoting all the bands that were coming there at the time as well. And, yeah, it was fantastic. And what role did Sean play in your career, Patrick? Oh, Sean has played a massive part down through the years of all the songs that we recorded down through the years. Sean has always been a fantastic man. Anytime, as, as he, all your guests have said previously, you couldn't ask for a better friend than the music than Sean Donnan. Anything you'd want to do, Sean has been a, a big, big part of the wheel. Uh, if a new album came out or there was a launch or anything at all, Sean was always there to, to, to put his shoulders to the wheel to help everyone along. And you know, one of my fond memories of Sean, actually, Patricia, and you'll probably be aware of this from Rocky in the studio, is if you came during the night to, to, to call to Sean, maybe during that break or maybe during the news or whatever, there'd be kind of a red beacon outside the door where Sean would be puffing the, 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 the pipe. <laughs> where, where, where he'd be going outside the door for a quick little, little pull of the pipe. <laughs> and it was, great, it was great to see it and great memories. Do, do, do you still smoke the pipe, Sean? I do. It's a do drag. You? I call it a drag. I love the I, smell I'm of sure it. I'm sure Sean, there's lots and lots of people in the music that would love to get the chance to, to thank you. And I'm sure on behalf of lots, lots of other musicians out, out there and singers, uh, I'd like to take this opportunity just to wish you well in the future. And uh, thanks for everything down through the years. Also, um, could I say a big shout out from your good friend Dermot Casey from just over the road from the studio in Casey's Tool Hire and Tree Surgery. Want to wish you very well. I know they sponsored the programme for many years and Dermot asked me to pass on his uh, congratulations to you and well done over the 30 years. And all I can say before I go, Sean, is um, I know the la- I'd say the last social night out, out that I had the last social night out we had was on the 2nd of January and my good friend Peter Brock was down there as well we mentioned he mentioned Daisy's earlier yes and we had a great old sing song that night and I know you'll give a great rendition of the peanut <laughs> and we'll say no more about that the listeners can be figuring out for themselves <laughs> but I, I look forward to meeting you in Daisy's when all this lockdown is over and we'll celebrate this properly for a good old sing song and a good a good night out and a good jorum on top of it <laughs> and we we'll say hello to Dermot and Betty to Casey's also Great friends of ours. Okay, th- thank you for that, Patrick. Could you could have just say to yourself as well, congratulations on your 30 years. Thank you very much. A big happy Christmas to everybody out there in Radio Land, and thanks so much to everyone in CEO 103. Thanks to Sean. Sean, you look after yourself, and we'll chat soon. Say hello to Majella from it. I will, of course. Thanks, okay. Patrick. Take Thank care. Ta- take Bye-bye. care. Okay. And that was Patrick uh, o- O'Sullivan. Rita in Frankfield wants to say best wishes, as does Mary Collity. Margaret in Dunmanway. Many years ago, Sean put her in touch with the Scottish Fiddle Orchestra. And she's very thankful uh, for that. The Glen Theatre and Bantier were on. They want to wish Sean all the best. Your daughter Ashley and the family were on to say how proud they are of their dad. Uh, John and Cove, pleasure listening to Sean over the years. Helen Meehan in Castletown Roach, best of luck to Sean. Uh, John, Declan and Helen. Bernie in Ballinine, uh, listening to your dulcet tones. And Patrick, uh, Pat and Hannah Toomey in Aragon. And the list just goes on and on. We'll try to do our best actually to take all of those texts off uh, because I, 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 we haven't a hope of getting through a, a fraction of them because there's just so many there. So we'll print them off for you and, and, and we'll get them to you. I think I think that's uh, the best. Okay, I want to wrap it up because I do want to play the, this, the, the, the song that we spoke about that uh, Finbar Winters put, put together. Does that mean a lot to you, Sean, that, this song? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where would you find it? You know, thank you. And, and thank you back. You yeah. know, uh, absolutely wonderful it's just his ability uh, to well then again of course he's got great friends in in 
apart from Finbar himself, a great writer, uh, Mary Mary Prendergast, Derek Burke, and uh, Peter Burke, and Pat Daly. I'm a mighty set up, uh, you know, just saying thanks to me. Uh, you, where would you find it? And, it's, and to have it in song and to have a CD that says Absolutely. literally says thank you uh, Sean Donnan and that's what this show is all about uh, today Sean is is thanking you the, as best that we could and, and my, I, I appreciate everybody who's contributed in any way uh, to the programme to, uh, today but in particular from all of us here at, at C103 like we just adore you as and there, there's nobody in this building has ever had anything bad to say about you you would be really really missed do stay in contact uh, with us and from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. You've been a fantastic work colleague to each and every one of us. Thank you very, very much. Stay indeed. safe. It's a pleasure. And that's where we leave you for today. We'll talk to you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Take care of yourself and uh, remember, stay safe. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.